The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. June 9th. What does that mean numerically? 6-9-2022. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, Jack, Peter, just baseball show on the nicest day on the calendar. Uh, we're talking about we're talking about guys that, that started slow that are starting to heat up. Uh, we're talking to you on June 9th, 6-9. Again, third reference we could possibly make. Um <laughs> We're talking about guys that might have had like that slow April, maybe even the slow first two weeks of May, but have really picked it up since and looked like they're going to hit the ground running. We've also got some niche-ass splits. Um, I hopped on the MLB research tool and just did like, okay, what's the weirdest thing I could possibly find? And I found 10 weird things, five hitting things, five pitcher things. You've got five hitters, you've got four starters, and you've got a reliever. Um, This is, yeah, it's going to be a relatively shorter episode because we're just going to fly through these. We're just going to fly through these because we have a huge episode on Friday. We are picking our early all-star game because uh, we got to go through the American League. We've got to go through the National League. It's going to be that man over there, Jack McMullen, myself, and then Arms. we got a big episode for you on Friday. So this episode, we're going through some splits, like Jack said, as well as I want to talk about some performers because we talked recently about some of the biggest stars in the game, how they didn't get off to some great starts and how, you know, they've been kind of lackluster, especially on offense. But a couple of those stars over the past few weeks have really started to turn it on. So I queued it from about May 18th. And there are a lot of good players who have been crushing the ball. May 18th. All right. So that is, uh, that's about what, 20 days? That's the last three weeks? Three weeks from today. Okay. We'll start with the slow performers and then we'll get to the splits. Fair enough. Let's well, they were slow performers. That's the point. They were slow performers, and now they're really starting to heat up. Right. So I'll, I'll start with the offense. Yeah, perfect. Let's start with Joey Votto because Joey Votto had a 434 OPS in April with one extra base hit. He was hitting 182. Since May 18th, Joey Votto is slashing 298 average, 420 on base percent of it percentage 719 slugging 202 wrc plus with five home runs now he's shot up his total ops is sitting at 729 with a 340 obp it's good to see joey Votto banging again a lot of that production has come in great american ballpark but i don't really care a lot about that i just like seeing his approach back i like his swing he looks healthy i think he was dealing with something early in the year but is now getting back to the old joey Votto that we know and love 
He was. He was on the injured list. Um, he played on May 1st, and then he was working his way back on a rehab assignment. And then he got COVID. And I'm not going to say that COVID gave Joey Votto superpowers, but it, COVID might have given Joey Votto superpowers. He came back <laughs> he on May say. 20th. He's been a different man since May 20th. It's just so, it's so, again, another guy who it's so good to see. And, you know, but we had real, we had real issues with Joey Votto in the beginning. I mean, the approach was way off. His swing looked whack. It just, what, nothing was timed up perfectly. And now it's finally starting to take shape. Yeah. I mean, he was slugging 143 on April 30th. Yeah. That's horrible. It's horrible. Let's move on to the next guy. Yeah. Marcus Semien is finally starting to hit. He hit 157 in April. He had a 443 OPS. He had five doubles, no home runs. This is not the same Marcus Semien of the Toronto Blue Jays who set the record for home runs by a second baseman. We didn't get any of that after he signed a $170 million deal this offseason. But since May 18th, he's hitting 325 with a 374 OBP, 590 slugging. That's the important part, the slugging because he's got six home runs and eight steals in that time period with a 175 WRC plus. Now he sits with a 635 OPS, six home runs and 10 steals. The speed is certainly there. The power is starting to return. And I think we're going to get a much better OPS than 635 when it's all said and done. He finally looks like the Marcus Semien that we remember. Yeah. And, and fewer punch outs. How about April? He had 18 punch outs and 83 at bats, 103 at bats in May. He had 15 strikeouts. Yeah. He's putting bat on ball again. This is not a guy that's going to strike out a billion times. Like when he's at his best, he's bad to ball. And he was striking out a little bit more than I think a lot of people were anticipating him striking out in April. That number started to go down. And when the weather warmed up, the power's gotten good. Seven games in June, five homers. Cool. The thing about the homers they're all solo shots. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Not many RBIs. That's really weird. Like, I, I don't care in that well, regard. Like, I mean, you know why? Because everybody else sucks. No, he leads off of the, yeah, exactly. He leads off of the Texas Rangers. And while the Rangers have really been improving right now, they're sitting at 26 and 29. They're facing the Guardians right now as we speak. So they could be 27 and 29 or 26 and 30. But this team was way worse. And it started with Marcus Simi because I feel like he was pressing at the beginning of the year. You know, big time contract makes all the sense in the world. And he's finally starting to get back to it. Yeah, he's 100% starting to get back to it. Let's see what the Rangers offense looks like now. And I saw something that MLB Network was doing yesterday that, you know, the topic, and it was on mute at the ballpark before the game. Um, it was, should the Rangers be buyers at the deadline? And I was just like, no, absolutely not. But you, you give that side turn, like, I know. What are they going to buy? On YouTube. Are they going to buy five starters and a bullpen yeah. of eight people? Well, they'll trade for Frankie Montas from the A's. Yeah, that's they'll one. Then, they'll then trade for Luis Castillo from the Reds. That's two. Okay. They need three more. <laughs> no, they have John Gray and they have Dane Dunning and they John have John Gray Otto. is what? John Gray is four yeah. and a half <laughs> ERA, five ERA. But John Gray has looked at least a little bit better. He just had a rough attic against the John Gray's got a five, two, eight ERA. He's looking better. He had a good start against Seattle. Listen, if the Rangers are <laughs> buyers and you're saying, oh, we're good with John Gray and his five, two, eight ERA, you're in a world of shit. You shouldn't be buying. I'm saying if you get Frankie Matas and Luis Castillo, John Gray becomes a decent three. <laughs> With a 528 ERA? A 528 ERA isn't a decent five. Yoan Adone just got optioned down, by the way. No, Yoan Adone's down? Yeah. 
Yeah. I can't fade him anymore. He's down. Dang it. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. Jorge Soler is the next hitter who has been on a tear lately. Do you know how bad he was in April? He hit 171 with a 570 OPS. Only had two home runs. There was no power in a new spot in Lone Depot. Fields enormous. And he could not get balls out of the ballpark. But now, since May 18th, 281, 379 on base percentage, 649 slugging with five bombs and a 185 WRC+. He hit nine home runs in May and now has a 783 OPS with 12 home runs. Jorge Soler went from one of the worst hitters in baseball in April to one of the best hitters in May. And now you look at his season and he's got a pretty solid season working with them right now. Yeah, I he literally doubled his slugging percentage from April to May. Crazy. That's ridiculous. 303 slugging in April, 609 in May. And you're right. I mean, you look at his season stats right now. 51 games, he's hitting 229 with an OPS 5 points under 800. He's got 12 homers, 29 driven in, 24 walks, 59 punch outs in just under 200 at bats. So you're looking at a guy with a sub 30% K rate or right around 30%, um, 12 homers, 29 driven in in 50 games and an OPS at 800. That's kind of what you paid for there. And, you know, exactly you, what you, paid for. you had that negative swing of the pendulum. And then now you're swinging on the positive. There might be a negative swing of the pendulum again in July or August, right? Like he might suck for a month, Makes but <laughs> it's all going to kind of even out throughout the year. Yes. And when they signed him to a four-year deal, you know, they, or no, it was a three-year deal. It was a three-year deal with opt-outs every year. Yes. And you know, they, they paid big time money, but they also paid big time money for Avicel Garcia too, who has not rebounded like Jorge Soler is, but at least for Marlins fans, they can sit there and think, you know what, at least Jorge Soler has given us our money's worth and he's only getting better. So it's really cool to see him, especially because the Marlins need him. Jazz Chisholm can't do all of the work himself and, Neither can John Birdie, but Jorge Soler has to be that guy if the Marlins want to compete in the NL East at all. Yeah, I, I think what the Marlins are realizing is they paid for the leadership of Avi Garcia and, and the loyalty within the clubhouse. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes for them, but they're, they're getting their money's worth in terms of the production from Jorge Soler. We have such deep sarcasm. Sometimes that we don't even kind of, that was... That meant something what Jack said. <laughs> it did. It absolutely Let's continue did. on our next hitter. Let's continue on our next hitter. We have Trey Turner. And Trey Turner did not have a bad April by any stretch. I mean, by his standards, he did. He had a 724 OPS, which is not bad. But the thing is with the OPS is his on-base percentage was plenty high enough. It was the fact that he was slugging under 400. And this is a Trey Turner who hit 28 home runs last year. And Colby and I were speaking on not gambling advice, you know, as we were ranking the best fantasy players, that Trey Turner could be a 30 home run guy, how he should be a no-brainer at the number one overall pick besides Shohei Otani, of course. And then now he's hitting for much more power. Since May 18th, hitting 333 with a 370 on base. But I don't really care about that because I knew he was going to hit the 587 slugging with the 166 WRC plus gave him four home runs. And now when we look at his season so far, he has an 821 OPS slugging 467 with six home runs and 12 stolen bases. That's much more like the trade Turner that we're used to. We're not used to the trade Turner. That's just singles and driving nothing in the gap. Yeah. Um, trade Turner just had a 26 game hit streak snapped. 
Um, and you know, like the thing with Turner, because going back to the end of last year, didn't he have one of those like streaks that was getting long, like getting 20 plus or, or 40 plus on base from mm-hmm. the end of last year to the beginning of this year. I think I remember seeing that, but like he was on this on base streak to open the year. And the thing is, yeah, he's getting on base every game, but he's going like one for four or like over three with a walk. That was yeah. Trey Turner. And, and then when that hit streak got going, it was from May 9th until June 3rd, he was actually starting to pile up the hits and a hit streak is like a hit streak is everything. If you go one for three, one for four, one for four, like, I'm cool with that. But if you can get multi-hit days in that hit streak and you're really seeing the ball well and you're hitting like 360 during a hit streak, that's awesome. And that's exactly what Trey Turner was doing. Exactly. And we knew it it was nothing that, you know, this guy is kind of different from the other guys. The other guys were hitting like 150 with a 400 OPS, just terrible. Trey Turner was not in that boat. It was just Trey Turner. We expect even more than some of those other guys that I've named. And a 724 OPS with no power, that's not the Trey Turner that we know. We know the Trey Turner with a ton of speed and has the possibility of hitting 30 home runs. That's how good Trey Turner is. Right, and and I just think he's going to hit 300. I think this is a walking 300 hitter. And on the year right now, after hitting 328 last year, he's hitting 299. He's going to have a three in that first decimal space. Won the freaking batting title last year. The dude's a stud. We need more from you, Trey Turner, and we're getting it, and I love to see it. The last hitter on this list, Bobochette. So Bobochette had a 535 OPS in April, Jack. He couldn't hit anything. And when I was watching Bobochette early in the year, I thought his biggest issue was just, first of all, he was just missing easy balls down the middle, and he wasn't really swinging that much. He wasn't very aggressive. It just didn't look like the same Bobochette that we're used to. But since May 18th, He's hitting 284 with a 361 on base, finally starting to take his walks. 581 slugging. That's the big point, too. Now, 167 WRC plus, five home runs. Bobachette, again, looks much more like the Bobachette that we're used to because we ranked him inside the top six for shortstop. Like, I think he can be that good. And that was really on the backs of me because I said, Jack, we just have to move Bobachette. We have to move Bobachette. This is one of the best. This is going to be one of the best hitters in the American League. Like, this is that dude. And he came out to a really slow start, made me look like an idiot. And then now he's making me look a little bit smarter. Yeah. Um, what I will say about Bichette, 49% ground ball rate last year, it was sky high in April and through the first couple of weeks of May, right? He was like up near 60% with the ground ball rate. What has he done now? He's hitting more homers. He's hitting more doubles. That means that he's not putting the ball on the ground. Uh, that's a recipe for success there. Um, Bobachette's still a 48% ground ball rate. You'd like to see that come down, but he was a very, very good hitter last year at a 49% ground ball rate. So, you know, this influx of fly balls and line drives from Bo, it doesn't need to sustain. Like the, the ground ball rate doesn't need to get to 40%. But if it's around 48, you want to keep it there. You don't want to see it creep back up to 55% because Bobachette's at his best when he's borderline, you know, leading the league in doubles. Yeah. And when he's hitting 25 to 30 jacks. And I will say, I saw a graphic today that Vladdy is the hottest hitter in June. Um, the MLB came out with that graphic. I was I curious it since May 18th, he's hitting 182. Um, 
Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is amazing, and he's going to be good. And he has almost an 1,100 OPS in June. But those are about six games. But that is a player that I want to continue to watch because we know that Vladdy's going to be amazing. But in those six games, he's hasn't gotten out, I don't think. So add two more games to that. You ready for Vladdy's slash line in June? Hottest hitter on the planet. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in eight games in June is hitting 212. He's getting on base at a 297 clip, and he's slugging 606. He's got four homers in eight games, but he's hitting 212. You can't call him the hottest hitter on the planet in the month of June if he's hitting 212. Do you know why that MLB graphic was up? Why? The Blue Jays game was on their broadcast. Oh, great. And he's the hottest hitter in June. It's Vladimir was that today? Jr. Was that, that the was YouTube today. game? Yeah, I think so. Something like okay. that. Got you. Something like that. Should I move on to pitchers? Uh, yeah. Do we want to do my unique splits for hitters? Cause I've got them separated by hitters and pitchers. That's exactly what we should do because that's yeah. smart. Yeah. No biggie. Um, <laughs> Vladdy's teammate, Santiago Espinal. And then the Reds, Brandon Drury have an OPS over 1200 in June. 1200, 1200 Vladdy's OPS in June is nine Oh three. Santiago Espinal has a 1,400 OPS in June. Brandon Drury has a 1,200 OPS in June. Santiago Espinal low-key turning into one of the better utility men in baseball. Like, when are yeah. we going to start putting him in, like, the Cronenworth areas and all those? I mean, we got to see more clearly. When, like, he's right. when June is in eight games, yeah. when June is in eight games old, I'm, I'm ready to, to have this. No, but he's been good all year. He's been good the entire year. Yeah. You know, he has been. I'm with and you. And Brandon Jury just keeps facing lefties. Like he's faced like Tyler Gilbert and Madison Bumgarner was just killing them. Correct. Um, okay. How about lefties now? Tim Anderson, Paul Goldschmidt, JD Martinez are the only three qualified hitters with a batting average over 400 against lefties. Four, five, and six in the batting average department against lefties this year Kyle Farmer, Randall Gritchick, and Jose Iglesias. Rockies. Rockies, man. Rockies are one of the best teams in baseball against lefties. Reds and Rockies. Reds and Rockies. Makes sense in their ballpark, too. Lefty yeah. come is there, soft throwing. Just gets creamed. Yeah. yeah. Big time. Big time. Uh, next one. Jordan Alvarez has six homers on Mondays. No one else has more than three. So if right, you're looking for a home so run far. prop, Jordan Alvarez on a Monday. Book it. That's a great one. That's a great one. I love that. I love these splits things. You know, I always love them. Um, Yankees have lost 15 games. Giancarlo Stanton has played in 13 games following a loss. Giancarlo Stanton's slash line in games following a loss. 149, 192, 170. That was a mean one. He sucks <laughs> after a loss. Uh, so... He takes a brief or no. So after a loss, instead of coming back firing, he sucks. He sucks. I wonder what he is after a win. I can tell you right now. He's got a great season. He must after a win, Giancarlo Stanton must be the greatest hitter of all time because Giancarlo Stanton has put up a solid season thus far. He, I mean, Jack, we were going over the ex Woba leaders yesterday with Arm. And Giancarlo Stanton is up there. I know you love your ex-Wova. Giancarlo Stanton in 13 games following a loss has a 362 OPS. Giancarlo Stanton in 29 games following a win has an OPS of 1072. There it is. So, there we go. Must, this, guy, this guy likes winning. 
I wonder how he celebrates after a win versus after a loss. After a loss, he probably does he like go to the bar and he's like, This sucks, yeah, he's like man. Sad. And then he wakes versus... up hungover for the next one. And then after a win, he's like, you know what? I'm getting a good night's sleep. Like, great win, boys. Think, yeah. Like the opposite of what should happen. <laughs> I think that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how that works. Um, and then my last hitter split, former teammate. Do not pitch to Giovanni Urshela in the fourth inning. He's hitting 462 and he's slugging 846 in the fourth inning. Urshela is also a guy who I curied through May 18th, raking, raking since May 18th. Urshela, look at him. A lot of that. I I had my doubts. Urshela, the fourth inning in the past three weeks, unreal, dude, unbelievable. He's the best fourth inning hitter in Major League Baseball. Watch out for the fourth. When you see G or Shella is due up next, run for the heavens. He's going he's gonna, he's gonna to give you some early inning runs that are going to kill you. Yes, exactly. All right, get me into the pitchers. All right, let's start with some pitchers who had slow starts but have been picking it up lately. I'm going to start with a Red Sox, and this is the biggest from terrible to amazing. Nick Pavetta. Yes. He had an 827 ERA in April. He looked like the worst pitcher in baseball after an incredible postseason run with the Red Sox. And I was thinking this guy is going to be a really good three for them. Nope. Looked awful. But fast forward a little bit. Since May 18th, the guy's got 28 innings pitched. He is 4 0. He's striking out over eight guys per nine, only walking about two guys per nine with a 1.61 ERA and a 3.05 FIP, and his ERA now sits around 3.5. Nick Pavetta is back to being Nick Pavetta again, and he had an amazing May and followed it up with a great start in June. It's just good to see Nick Pavetta being good again because I really harped on him being amazing, and at least he's doing much better now. Yeah, no, he was in our uh, stock watch, and you can find stock watch every week at justbaseball.com for hitters and pitchers. And Pavetta, 8-2-7 ERA in April, four starts, um, two one one ERA in May and six starts, and he just went seven shutout in June. Um, you mentioned the walks with Pavetta. Like, that's the big thing there. In April, 16 and a third innings, 13 walks. In May, 38 and a third innings, six walks. Yeah. I mean, just stop walking people. Walks are the single dumbest thing in baseball. They don't benefit anybody. Like, they benefit somebody's WRC+, plus, but, like, I guarantee you, nobody will leave the ballpark and say, oh, damn, that two-out walk that that guy drew in the fourth inning, that's why I love this game. Fourth inning could have been Gio Urshela taking that walk. Bigger than baseball, Gio Urshela in the fourth inning. (laughs) Bigger than baseball, Gio Urshela in the fourth inning. All right, let's move on to another guy who's, who, you know, the results weren't terrible, but it's what he looks like now in terms of striking out, in terms of walks. And it's your guy, Jack, Shane Bieber. He was solid in April, but the velo was just down. And the beginning of May was kind of tough. But now the K numbers look great. He's not walking anybody. 22 innings, 10.64 Ks per nine, 1.6 walks per nine. He's got a 1-3-2 FIP in the ERA at two now. Shane Bieber looks great. He's pitching right now against the Rangers. Three shutout innings so far. The only thing with Shane Bieber is he's still throwing 90 miles an hour. Not 90 miles an hour as if I'm just throwing it out there. 
He's averaging 90.8 miles an hour on his fastball. So that's still the thing to watch, but the strikeouts look great. The walks look great. The production looks great. Shane Bieber seems to be back-ish. That's Shane the only Bieber, thing, just with the velocity. Shane Bieber is disgusting in the best ways. Yes. He, he always has been disgusting. And, and since that 2020 season, I mean, when Bieber was on the mound last year, even if his fastball is at 90, I mean, I've seen it come in at 88 so far this year. He's thrown a fastball yeah. at 88 miles an hour, like 89. I've seen a fastball come in at 89. That doesn't matter for Bieber because velocity, A, isn't everything. And B, when you have the disgusting, like vomit-inducing stuff that he has in his secondary pitches, I mean, that that knuckle curve that he throws, is it still classified as a knuckle curve? It's absolutely filthy. It's his slider he throws like 40% of the time. So he throws a slider more than any other pitch. And then he's got the fastball and then he's got the curveball. I don't know if it's qualified as a knuckle curve, but I know he he knuckles it on his finger. So it should be. It's four seamer at 38%, slider 32, curveball 18. And the the two different shapes that he has on that slider and curveball is insane. I mean, the slider, it's still a 2,500 RPM pitch. And he's throwing it at 85 miles an hour. And then he's got that curveball at 82 with more vertical break. And that's a 2100 RPM pitch. Like what he does and how he manipulates the shape of the slider and the curveball is Cy Young-esque. Like he is, he's always going to be a really, really good starting pitcher, even if he throws 90. If he was, if he was 92 to 94, He'd be one of the best pitchers in baseball, but now he he's is, in the upper I mean, echelon. When he was 93 to 95, I was calling him the second best pitcher in the game. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying now he's in the upper echelon of American league starters instead of in the same breath as Corbin Burns, Garrett, Garrett. There it is again, dude, Garrett every Cole. time you're every dropping time. Your well, I, well, I got, I got the, uh, I got the guardians game. Cause I'm tracking it. Cause you know, I got guardians first five. Fair. So, and they're winning two zero, by the way. Um, all right, so the slider opponents are hitting 200 against it, an expected batting average of 170. So the now slider is actually underperforming. The curveball opponents are hitting 174, the expected batting average 169. So it's performing like right on par. The Guardians are, are 4 0. They're so good. Oh. <laughs> Should we scrap it? So- Should we scrap it? Should we new pod? New pod. New okay, pod. Three, two, talk- one. Welcome to the Just Baseball Show. Yeah, we're just talking about Guardians, Rangers, and just following Peter's bets. That's the podcast. All right, let's get back to another pitcher who didn't have bad results. Like I said, not bad results, but just didn't look like himself. And that's Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole had 10 walks and 27 strikeouts in April, but he had like a 3-2 ERA. So it wasn't bad, but he had some blow-up starts. He had some great starts, just didn't look like Garrett Cole. But then May happened. 45 Ks, three walks. And since May 18th, 28 innings, he's made four starts, striking out almost 12 guys per nine, walking less than one per nine, and has a 1.42 FIP. Colby and I, again, we're talking on not gambling advice when we were talking about live betting some awards. I still think Garrett Cole will win the American League Cy Young because he looks exactly like Garrett Cole again. Yeah, I'm with you. Um Cole has a better whip by 10 points than he did last year. 
when he finished second in Cy Young voting. He was a 106 whip last year. He's a 0.96 whip right now. Opponents are hitting 196 against him. They hit 223 against him last year. Cole's been better this year than he was last year. And he finished second in Cy Young voting. Um, he's, he's masked a little bit because what Nestor Cortez is doing is more impressive than what Garrett Cole's doing. He's got a one five one ERA. Yeah. And you can argue with the expectations for Cole relative to Jordan Montgomery and Luis Severino, what they're doing is more impressive than Cole. We've just come to expect this from Garrett Cole. Yeah, exactly. It's Garrett Cole giving you this type of production. You're like, well, that's what you should be doing. But then Tyone Montgomery, Severino give you Forget this about Tyone. Of- and everyone just goes buck wild about it. But it's like Garrett Cole is still doing this. And Garrett Cole is still the ace of this staff. People also forget 2010, the top three picks in 2010. Bryce Harper, Jamison Tyone, Manny Machado. And who's the best player now? Jamison Tyone. Tyone. <laughs> it's funny. Even in Jamison Tyone's best season, it's still like Machado and Harper because they're just doing what they do. Correct. Yes, correct. Okay. Moving on to another Red Sox to end the starting pitchers, and then I have one more reliever. So Nathan Eovaldi, who, again, led the league in home runs allowed as we were going into the middle of May. His ERA was over 4-5. Eovaldi did not look like the same pitcher that we've been used to. But since May 18th, that date, he's got 22 innings pitched, striking out over 10 guys per nine, but he's walking close to one guy per nine, 1.66 ERA. Excited to see Nate Evaldi finally returning back. Not, I keep saying finally, but it's, you know, it was a decent amount chunk of the season. First month and a half that he just didn't look like himself. He was giving up home run after home run after home run. That home run to fly ball rate has started to normalize. And he again, looks like the ace of the Red Sox. So Nate Evaldi on May 17th, and your cutoff there was the 18th. On May 17th against Houston, he got five outs and allowed nine runs. Six were earned. Um, Brutal. Five home runs in that game. On May 22nd, six and two-thirds, two-run ball, 11 strikeouts, one walk. On May 28th, nine innings, a complete game, two earned runs, six strikeouts, one walk. And then on June 3rd, six innings, a shutout ball, eight strikeouts, one walk. How many home runs did he allow? He allowed five um, on May 17th against Houston and then one against Seattle on the 22nd, one against Baltimore on the 28th, and none in six innings at Oakland on June 3rd. Much, much, much better. Yeah. Um, You'd still like that number to be down, but if you look at his April starts, two homers allowed in start one, two homers allowed in start two, two homers allowed in start four. That's what I'm saying. That is not Nate Eovaldi that we are used to. No, no. All right, let's move on to the reliever. Because, again, Devin Williams of the Milwaukee Brewers got off to a real rough start in April. He allowed four earned runs in his first eight and a third inning. That's not what we'd like to see from Devin Williams. The same Devin Williams that in 2020 allowed two earned runs the entire season. In 2021, he was phenomenal before punching a wall. And ultimately, when the Brewers got to the playoffs. That's that a great disclaimer. Just- before punching a wall. Before punching a wall. But... Since May 18th, he's maybe been the best reliever in baseball. Nine innings, two saves, striking out 14 guys per nine innings, only walking two per nine, and he hasn't allowed a single run. I just want to talk about him because his changeup is still, in my opinion, 
the most fun pitch to watch in the entire league. Like it's it because it doesn't move like any other. It's yeah. It's a it's a it's like a slurve. It's a screwball. It's a screwball. Yeah, it's that's a good one. It's a screwball. Like he throws a real life screwball. Yeah, I, like he throws an airbender of a changeup. Um, it you know does crazy things that no other pitch does ever. Um, so yeah, like Devin Williams. Yeah. You mentioned eight and a third, four earned in April in May, 10 and two thirds, three earned. And then he's through three shutout innings in June so far. Um, a hater just allowed the first two runs of his year on back-to-back homers. Right. So we can officially say that hater is washed and the time is now to DFA Josh hater and allow Devin Williams to jump into that closer role. You said it, not me, but I can't disagree with you. Yeah, fair. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do we need to tell people that we're kidding, or can we move on? I hope they know. Okay. Cool. I hope they know. All right. Outrighted to AAA Nashville, Josh Hader. Yeah. Um, Joining you on a don't. You on a don't. Hey, he was a he's a Rochester Red Wing now. Um, all right. Oh, by the way, Joey Bart, a Sacramento River Cat now. Unfortunately, Joey Bart has been. Wow. I mean, Arm Layton's jumping for joy right yeah. now. It's funny because Arm, Arm like might not be that high out of prospect. Gets sent down. It's like Arm wants to go in, and I know Arm's like, no, that's not what I want at all. But I think people like prop him up. And it's like, well, now you get to just like laugh, and it's like I don't think that's that's not his goal here. No, that's not what he's doing. Yeah. He's not preying on anybody's downfall. He's just saying that he's not as sold as other guys. Yeah. Um, all right. Five niche pitcher splits to wrap us up. Martin Perez has a 0.31 ERA on the road this year. Jose Barrios has a 7.28 road ERA. Flip those and I believe you. Flip those and I believe you. Flip those and I believe you. Yeah. I mean, Jose Barrios, man. And the thing is, you know, Jack, I bet on him in his last start because I'm like, all right, now is we're going to get a great month out of Jose Brios. He can't put together two good starts in a row. And not even, you know, a good start and then a fine start. It's a good start and then a destructive No, it's the start. worst start, and it's almost like you had two really bad ones to negate your one good one. He'll throw six shutout, then two innings, eight earned runs. Not five innings, five earned. No, it's Two bad. innings, eight earned. It's been bad. And then Martin Perez could win the Cy Young. Um, Jack. Um, oh, Colby and I talked about this. Think about this for a second. Let's say Garrett Cole has a 2-5 ERA to finish out the year, has 230 strikeouts. Shane McClanahan has a 2-5 ERA and has 250 strikeouts. Let's say Shane McClanahan, you know, only threw about 120 innings last year. Maybe they don't push him all the way to 180. Maybe there's 170. Garrett Cole throws 200. What if Martin Perez at the end of the year has an ERA under 2 and throws 190 innings, and the Rangers are not, they're around 500. You're missing a lot of really important names here. In the American League Cyan race? Yeah, you're missing Nestor Cortez. You're missing Kevin Gosman. You're missing Alec Manoa. You think Kevin Gosman's going to win it? Michael Kopech. You're missing Bieber. Like, this is as deep a Cy Young race as we could possibly have in the American League. And Perez has been better than all of them. I don't think so. ERA. I think Nestor has been better than all of them. Nestor has been better than all of them. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I but think... I'm, I'm saying Martin Perez could win the Cy Young. 
Who's been better, Gosman or Martin Perez? Are we looking at production? Like, if we're looking at FIPS, like, what do, what do you want to look at? Kevin Gosman has a 278 ERA, 73 strikeouts, seven walks, and 64 innings. Okay. Remember those numbers. Martin Perez okay. has a 156 ERA. 56 strikeouts, 16 walks in 69 innings. So Perez has been better than Gosman. But if Martin Perez gets into the low twos and Gosman is in the mid twos, I don't know. I'm just saying it's close. And Martin Perez, I'm saying if Martin Perez finishes with a 1 9 ERA, when he finishes with a 1 9 ERA in the American League, then he is the Cy Young winner. He would have to get worse from you, just like Nestor. But it's June 9th. I know it's very early and a Uh, lot could change. Another guy who should be in this conversation. How did that slip my mind? Justin Verlander. Another guy who could be in it for sure. If Justin Verlander is on the Hill on Saturday nights forfeit, Justin Verlander on Saturdays this year, 19 innings, one earned run, 23 strikeouts, three walks, one earned run, one earned run in 19 innings, 23 to three strikeout to walk ratio. Filthy on Saturdays. You know, Chris Flexen has already faced the Astros four times this year. That sucks for him. Isn't that? That's a lot. He's only had like 10 starts this year. Yeah, that kind of blows for Chris Flexen. And he's pitched well every single time. Hasn't allowed more than two runs in a start against them. Like, I I think he has like 24 innings, like six earned runs. He's been shoving against the Astros. Yeesh. Um, All right, next one. Two qualified starters have an opposing batting average against lefty hitters under 130. These are the best pitchers in terms of batting average against against left-handed hitters. Garrett Cole and Tristan McKenzie. Mm. We haven't talked about Tristan McKenzie a lot. He really deserves some love. He's really fucking good this year. It's so cool to see, too, because it was just some pitch adjustments, just like throwing this pitch a little bit more than this pitch, and, and he's finally growing into the body a little bit. He even looks a little bit thicker. Like he's not so so skinny. It's hard right for now. him to look thicker. <laughs> I know, but he's maturing. You could tell that his body is maturing, and that's huge for his development because you know, with a guy who's six five and weighs 160 pounds, you know, you get you get a little afraid of how well he's going to be able to last 200 innings. Like with a guy like Frankie Montas, I'm not afraid at all. With a guy like Alec Manoa, not afraid at all. Guy yeah. like Tristan McKenzie, I get a little bit nervous, and it's good to see him at least filling out a little bit. Also, another thing I wanted to touch on. So Tyler O'Neill just returned from injury for the Cardinals. I think his legs got bigger. Tyler O'Neill, dude, he you know how he, he's always busting out of his uniform with yes. his muscles. It's got he either got a smaller uniform or he got bigger. I bet he got a smaller football. uniform. I bet possible. Yeah, he he looked like an avatar from you know the movie Avatar. That's what avatars yeah. are from. Well, I mean, he looked like an avatar. Well, I didn't. I didn't want like it to be. Avatar? I didn't want it to be the cartoon, you know, Avatar: The Last yeah. Airbender. I wanted yeah. it to be the movie Avatar: The Blue no, Alien. Yeah. So he he looks like SpongeBob from the show SpongeBob. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Um. Yeah. O'Neill. I bet they just. Uh, sorry. Um. <laughs> did you hear that ringing? Unprofessional. Yeah. Super unprofessional, unprofessional on my end. <laughs> 30 laps for me after this. Um, Tristan McKenzie, his, his usage actually hasn't changed much. He's using his fastball the same percent 
Um, mm-hmm. He's up the curveball usage like 2%, and then he's dropped the slider usage like 2%. He only throws those three pitches. Big difference for Tristan McKenzie, he's just throwing more strikes, man. Zone percentage, the amount of pitches, four-seam fastballs that he throws in the strike zone, 48% last year, 54% this year. He's got really good stuff. He's got a lively fastball. He's got a great curveball and a good slider. Just throw more strikes. Just throw more strikes. Love it. Good for Tristan McKenzie. Um, Next splits for you. Bruce Zimmerman is allowing a league high 333 batting average with the bases empty. Bruce Zimmerman hates pitching from the windup. That's so weird. (laughs) So weird. Opponents are killing him from the windup. But when he gets to the stretch, he's actually kind of solid. I think that was Alex Cobb has been dealing with that a little bit too. I think it's the complete opposite, if I'm not mistaken. I think Alex Cobb, when he has guys on base, gets throttled like nobody's business. Well, that means he's a bad pitcher. (laughs) Well, he's gotten very unlucky this year. Very, very unlucky. Uh I know you're pulling up the splits now. I think it's Alex Cobb, when he has runners on base, he gets destroyed. And when he doesn't have anybody on base, he's pretty good. Runners on the highest batting average against among qualified starters with runners on. Well, the lowest batting average among qualified starters with runners on, huh? This looks a lot like the Cy Young race. Um, guys with a batting average against under 190 with runners on base. Joe Musgrove is number one, Pablo Lopez, two, Nestor Cortez, three, Alec Manoa, four. Sandy Alcantara, five, Shane McClanahan, six. Now, the worst guys with runners on base. As it loads, Kyle Gibson, Patrick Corbin, Herman Marquez, (laughs) Jordan Lyles, Kyle Freeland, Dane Dunning, Zach Plesak. This just really feels like a list of bad pitchers, huh? So Alex Cobb isn't on there. Maybe I was wrong about the split, though. Uh, Alex Cobb is not on here. Interesting. I guess I was wrong. But at least we got a good list of who's doing that, though. I don't have to scroll very far to find Robbie Ray, though. (laughs) I'm living so large. Um, All right. Last one for you. Last one. Five pitches this year have registered a spin rate under 300 revolutions per minute. Wait, repeat that one again. Five pitches in baseball this year have registered a spin rate under 300 RPMs. They have to be mostly from position players. Four of them came from Williams Astudio on June 3rd. Dude, how's he throwing a 300 minimum? I don't know. It's he like not even getting like it there. 89 revolutions per minute. It was a 44 mile an hour EFIS. It was so funny. It's like, it's almost like he's, he's shooting a basketball. It. That's not even a knuckleball. He's like pushing oh, yeah. it. It's like shot putting like, a basketball. He's like uh, in bench warmers too when he like walks the ball to yes. the coach. Like, it's exactly like one of those like what Williams Astudio is doing. <laughs> I think these teams know it's like, you know, you have that designated position player pitching and whatever team Williams Astudio is on, it's just going to be him because, oh, he's the short fat guy. It's really funny if he pitches like La Tortuga. Yeah. It wouldn't be as funny if Miguel Rojas pitched. It wouldn't be as funny at all. Like it's not that fun. To wrap up, do you like position players pitching all the time? Because I used to like it and now it's just, it's like, oh, another one like Brett Phillips is making his sixth appearance. 
Like there are guys who have made four appearances in baseball so far as position players. At the end of the day, it just starts getting old rather than, but I get why you don't want to waste an arm. Why waste an arm? But it just gets old after a while. I'm kind of getting sick of it. Yeah. It's, it's unique. It's fun. Like it's, you know, if the game's already out of hand, I'm, I'm looking for anything of intrigue. And that's like it, kind of of intrigue to me. It was just cooler. It used to be cooler. It used to never see it. And now it's, it's every game that's in eight runs or more what, lead. The, the Dodgers tried to put one in down five. You can come back from down five. <laughs> you can come back from down five. Why are you putting in like Albert Pools on the mound? It's not impossible. It's not impossible. So that'll do it for this Just Baseball show. Um, what links should we send people towards? Um, in, in our episode description is the link to our Twitter at just bb media as we also chose twitter after that deliberation process you chose sending people to twitter and our instagram at just baseball show and our Pick tiktok another. at tiktok or at just baseball fans you know what should we just say goodbye yeah i think so with that thank you everybody